For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode, another edition, if you will, of the podcast of my show, Lead Singer Syndrome with Shane Told. That is me. It's an exciting day. It's an exciting episode. It's not every day I get to talk to this man, Mr. James Labrie of Dream Theater, the King's. The kings of Prague. And I love James. I've had him on the show before. It was awesome to pick his brain. And we've got some big Dream Theater news. They're nominated for their third Grammy for the Alien. I think they might win this one. They're up against some stiff competition, but I think they might have it. And this is a great conversation we talk about so much awesome stuff and what went into this new Dream Theater record, which is a banger, by the way. A View from the Top of the World is out now. Listen to it. Just listen to it. It's modern. It sounds great, but it also feels a little bit like a throwback to their first record. I'm all about it. So make sure you check it out. We're going to get into that conversation with James in just a minute. But before we do, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for listening to this thing. If you want to support the show, check out the All Access Club. You get bonus episodes. You get to be a part of a great community. We all talk. We all hang out. It's a good time. Shout out to all my sinners worldwide. 
head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access for all that info. Just $6 a month is all it takes to get you in. It keeps this thing on the air for free for everybody else. So yes, head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. I want to thank all the sponsors. You'll be hearing the ads through the program. That helps out a lot. And there's some good products out there. There's some good stuff. Christmas is coming. You can sneak it in. I guess Christmas is basically here, isn't it? But hey, post-Christmas, you know, for the people you forgot, or maybe you're just like me and you order everything on the 24th and then you're like, eh, sorry, it's coming. Uh, they were late or whatever. You know, you make a bit excuse. It's fine. We're, we've all been there. Come on. We're busy people. It is what it is. But yes, check them out. They do really help support this thing. I want to give a big shout out to everybody that came out to see my band Silverstein on tour. We just finished up in Toronto at History. What a beautiful, beautiful venue. And this tour was something special, you know, to be gone for so long, to have our last tour shut down in the middle and be forced to go home, to kind of come back. It felt, is it a cheesy word to say triumphant? Because it felt triumphant. And y'all came out in droves and you bought our stuff and you sang along and you rocked out and it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I just wanted to take a quick second to thank everybody and I wish I could have done more hanging out. We did the tour in a bubble, which was good because we got through, well, all the shows except for one when I had a little bit of a vocal issue, which if you're a regular listener of the program, you'll notice... There was a couple of weeks I didn't do the podcast because, well, I shouldn't really be talking. So I'm back. I feel good. The program is firing on all cylinders. We've got some amazing guests coming up and I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation with the one and only Mr. James Labrie. Here it is. Shay, my man, it's been a it's been a minute. First of all, congrats on yet another Grammy nomination. That's uh, I don't care how long you've been a band. That's always nice, right? Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. I guess third time's the charm. So you know we, <laughs> but we're up against uh, we're up against some some pretty big wigs there. So not unlike before. But yeah, you know it's it's just a uh, it's nice to have that nod. It's nice to have that that recognition, and and uh, it would be nice to to actually win it. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're up against some big wigs for sure. I see uh, Deftones, Gojira, Mastodon, and Rob Zombie. But you know, you guys are kind of the big wigs too. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody always complains about like the old guys winning, like when you lost to Black Sabbath. Right. So maybe now you're the old guys, and it's your turn to win. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hope. You know, you know what was cool is like uh, I remember when we we were up against and uh, the Foo Fighters won, and uh, what was really cool 
is that Dave Grohl, he came out later uh, in an interview and he said, you know, as far as I was concerned, Dream Theater should have won that. Yeah. And uh, it was it was really cool for him to say something like that. But yeah, you know, uh, yeah, sure. We're, we're big wigs too. And, and I'm, I know <laughs> the other bands, they're all aware of us, you know, uh, that, that we're up against. So it's uh it, it's going to be tight it's it's definitely going to be a tight one like you said you know like just being up against any one of these guys is uh that's just a true testament as far as i'm concerned no absolutely and i mean it's it's been a a great year for music um your new record is is fantastic obviously those bands have put out good oh thank you put out good records too mm-hmm. um but you know the alien i mean this track we, we're talking about a nine and a half minute banger um <laughs> yeah. being nominated for for a grammy i mean that in and of itself is pretty cool i, I mean i don't know what the longest song to win a grammy is um i don't know probably over the years i mean a, at least in terms of rock you know music there's probably been something right crazy that's won before but that's pretty impressive too um yeah sure i want to talk all about the new record i'm a huge fan of it but let's talk about this track first because it's you know it's the grammy nominated song mm-hmm. uh, and the the opening track of the record right um and i heard it was the first one you wrote for the for the new record as well it was it was yeah it was the first one where we uh where we all kind of came together and you know all the creative juices were ready to go and fired up and and willing and um it, it's really interesting to me because i think what really kind of uh enraptures the listener is is the way that mike mangini starts the song with that freaking un it's just ridiculous it's unreal uh phil <laughs> That he comes in, right, and then it's just you no, know, it's just balls to the wall from there on. And I think once that song was written, we just felt that we were we were going down the path. Well, we all like we always discuss where we want to go, but to a certain degree, too, spontaneity and what's happening at the moment speaks volumes too. When we're writing an album, and and you know, like the conversation, if you were a fly on the wall, there, it's just back and forth, and and the communication is is fast it's very prolific to a certain degree it is and and quite often but i think um once you get the first song under your belt and you really feel good about it i I think that you know it just sets the tone for the rest of the album for sure and um and that was definitely the case here with with the alien for sure well i love that too because you're setting up the listener to kind of take that journey with you a little bit you know what i mean you guys got in a room absolutely and I, know, I mean you, i know that you were remote too yeah sure I, I i mean you guys getting in a room isn't even really the truth yeah you know um you were in your individual rooms uh, up to a point which is different i'm sure for you guys but right you know you start on this path and you do this song first and it's this new record, this new project, and you're kind of setting the tone. And then from there, you kind of expand on it. And yeah, uh, I found that this record really reminded me a lot of images and words. I don't know if anyone's mentioned that to you. Uh, you know, your very first album. Yep. And, and it, it has a certain vibe to it. I mean, obviously, it's it's still fresh and modern and, you know, uh, Petrucci's using some like eight strings and stuff. Yeah, it's contemporary. Yeah. Exactly. But but there is a certain vibe on it. And after thinking about it a lot, I think the songs are just really good on this record. Right. So I think that's that's the biggest thing, you know, is that if you have the songs sell themselves, right? If it's a great song, it, it's just you're not going to have to talk too much about it or or try and convince somebody. I think it'll just speak for itself. Right. And, I, I, and that goes through, Shane, for, for any one of us. When you release an album, when you do uh, your stuff too, like, you know 
before anybody has even heard it. You know deep down inside whether this is something that you're behind 100% or if it's it's, it's missing its mark somewhere. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I think that that's that's first and foremost. And, and you're right about the images and words. In fact, um, John uh, Petrucci did come out in one of the interviews and he was talking about that, you know, all the, uh, why it was something that we all agree that it, it does compare to images and words. And there are some similarities and parallels between the two, this new album and, and that album. And I, I think too, it, it just had a lot to do with the fact that that was our mindset. Like we were, um, we knew we wanted to get back to our roots on this album for sure. And I think also just knowing that we were going to do an epic on this, on this album that we were going to get back to doing, cause we hadn't done one for some, for quite some time. Yeah. And it was like, okay, you know, that, that in itself, is very exciting for us because that's what we've come to be known for. And, and, and most big progressive bands that you, if you don't have that behind you, then what the hell are you doing? You know, you might as well, <laughs> you, you can be anything else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I think, you know, that also was something that was in the back of our minds. We knew that eventually we were going to come across this, this track that we really wanted to tell a, a big story and, and we have, there's no time constraints on it. And I think that's the other thing too. Going into this album, we said, you know, each song is just gonna, it's gonna be done when it's done. And we're, whereas with the last album, uh, Distance Over Time, we were, we want, we specifically had it in mind, which was also a challenge. Like we said, let's be very, very marked on, on how we're gonna get in, tell the story, get out and be done with the song. And, and it was funny because when we were writing that album, it was kind of like the red flags go up. Okay, guys, we're already at four minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, it was funny because to, uh, to, to most bands, they'd be like, holy shit, how long is that song? You know, but for us, it was kind of, okay, guys, we got to trim the fat here because that's not our goal on this particular album. Right. Uh, whereas this album, it was like, just let it go. You know, let's, let's just get back to, who and what we have, have been for so long and, and have a great time doing it. And, and we did, you know, for sure. And I think, you know what, too, Shane and I, I don't, I don't want to really bring this into it too much because we're all inundated with the, the pandemic. But yeah. I think on another level, what it did for us is it, you start to realize, and I know this can sound a little cheesy, but what really matters in life and what, what's important. And then we also realize what we are to one another and that, you know what, don't take this for granted. It's very fragile. And, yeah. and I think that going in with that spirit and going in with that, that mentality, it, it really also did kind of set up how this album, uh, inevitably shaped itself for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I can totally hear it. Well, going back to, you, February 23rd, uh, 2020, Glasgow, Scotland, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. the last show you've played. Um, and at that point, I imagine maybe you'd heard of coronavirus, but it wasn't on anyone's radar as being a problem yet. Mm -hmm. So in a way, you were lucky that you got it in. Yeah. Uh, the tour in, like my band, we were in the middle of our tour when we had to go home. Uh-huh. But, you know, you got that in and then, I mean, what was it like really um, just just for you being being a guy that's done it for so long and now it's, yeah. you know, you've got this break, which maybe is kind of nice, um, but at the same time, you know, it's a little scary for obviously you guys have been road dogs. 
Right, right. Well, you know what? I, I think too, uh, like we shot that before we did the last show in Glasgow, we had done two nights of shooting our, our last DVD. And I remember a couple nights before the London show, our manager came out and, and he said to us, he goes, Hey, hey guys, you know, like this, uh, virus thing that's going on, the, uh, the coronavirus. It's, uh, everybody's kind of like promoters. Everybody in the industry is talking that. You know, things could come crashing down in the next month. And we're like, wow. Okay. Because, you know, like Shane, we were supposed to go when we were done in Glasgow on the 23rd of February. Um, that April, we were supposed to start our, our whole South Asian, South Pacific Asian run. Okay. Okay. And go to all those countries over there. Right. And so that got cut. And then we were supposed to go to South America. Like, it was just. It was all bullshit, you know, basically. And so I think what it did for us, you know, because we, we came home, we sat around for for quite some time. And then we just said, hey, you know what, guys? Like, we're not doing it. We know we're not going to be touring for, it's indefinite right now, how long that could be. So why don't we do what we do best? And why don't we get together? Now, be, myself being Canadian, as yeah. you mentioned earlier, I had to do my stuff remote because it was just impossible for me to go back and forth to New York for the writing sessions, um, just because of all the, you know, oh my God, quarantining and all that shit and the testing. And, and so we, we figured it out. Like I could just be in my studio in my house and be tapped in. Uh, and you know what? To, to a certain degree, it didn't really change my gig because, um, any other album might be sitting in the corner with my headphones on, a, sh a microphone in front of me, and then shooting out my ideas or my suggestions and listening to where those guys are going, and then bang, bang, bang. So it was no different. I was sitting in my studio right. doing the same thing, doing the, getting getting involved like I always have gotten involved. Right. No, I think I heard you say in another interview it actually maybe was better for you. Like yeah. you kind of could hear it a little bit better maybe, um, or there was some benefit to it. Uh, and I don't know if that change things yeah yeah well it did because i could mute them when i had an idea <laughs> right and, and, then lay, and then i'd lay it down i'd lay down my idea and then i'd come back i'd wait for them to finish because i could see them still jamming and then i'd come back wait for them to finish that that idea and uh or that jam out you know of the idea and then i'd say hey okay, guys well you guys were doing that i heard this boom what do you think? Whereas normally I'd be in that flipping room and it's just a cacophony of freaking sounds going around. And I, and I had, I used to have to always run out of the room, sing down the melody or whatever, or the riff that I was hearing into my phone, come back in and go, okay, guys, look up. Here we go. <laughs> you know? yeah. So this, yeah. this time it was, it was so, it was so freaking cool. And I said to the guys, I go, I don't know, guys, I think we open up a, you know what? There might be a little beast going on here because it was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, no, it, it, it all worked out great. I just love that. That is, that is such a, you know, I think that's the reason why people listen to a podcast like this. Yeah. That's the, like, that's the little nuggets of information that people don't understand. Like I could totally picture that man, like just you're in a room and you've got this thing in your head, but then <laughs> you've got like, you know, yeah. Mike and John are just shredding and you're like, ah, I can't like get this out. Yeah. And that, and that really does make a difference because otherwise you're like, okay, wait, I got an idea. Everybody just like shut up for five minutes. Yeah. 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 But like that doesn't work, you know, and then you have all this pressure on you. Yeah, of course. Of course. It, it, it's, it's so funny because they know exactly what I've, what I'm doing, like in the past, like they'd see me stand up and then I'm running out of the room. They, like they just keep jamming. Oh, there he goes. Yeah. There he goes. <laughs> oh, I know what he's doing. And then they'd expect me to come back in like, you know, a minute later and like, okay, guys, 
I heard this, but, but it's, it's, you know, it just was very advantageous because I could, I didn't have to go through all that quarantining and all that. I mean, eventually, Shane, I went down to New York to our, our studio, the Dream Theater headquarters, and I recorded the vocals down there. And that was the first time that I recorded with, uh, with another band member since um uh black clouds really yeah yeah because every other album since um i i had recorded with uh rich chicky up here in canada at his studio and rich chicky and i go way back where you know we were in winter rose together back in the 80s and he was the guitar player and uh and then rich also worked on some of uh, the dream theater albums as well as the engineer and and he mixed uh the astonishing as well so that's where i've been doing my my vocals for the last 10 years and then john just said to me he goes hey man like what do you think about coming down we have our our brand new studio here state of the art you and i haven't done this for so long what do you think and i said sure let's 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 make it happen because i could have recorded all my vocals right here at my house studio yeah you know i i have a i actually recorded all my my latest uh solo album that's coming out in may i recorded it all here and yeah and um so you know, it, I could have just said, oh, come on, man. Are you, are you kidding? I could just walk down into my basement and freaking sing, <laughs> sing these songs. I'll be done. And he was just like, yeah, but you and I haven't done that for so long. And who knows what it's going to be like, you know, to make, you know, that, that whole chemistry between the two of us while you're behind the microphone singing. And it was kind of cool. It, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot, a lot of laughs. And, and I think it was extremely productive. There's, there's no doubt about it. We did, we did feel that, that, you know, hey, there's nothing like, it, right Shane like I mean when you're with your band and you're and you're jamming that's completely different than somebody sending you a song and saying hey man you know can you just lay down something for me and you can do that and it can come out tremendous tremendously well but you know there's something about being in the room with people there's that that human freaking element that is uh indescribable totally so what what uh, what time frame was this anyway that you were were doing all this so I went down in March uh oh, okay okay so this year yeah yeah well then that's the thing too i mean if you guys haven't seen each other i mean it's just like you and john getting together it's like yeah hey hey bro like i actually miss you like maybe i haven't missed you in 30 years because you know like you're always around each other all the time and like yeah. band members i don't care how old you know you are or anything like you get annoyed with people in your band no no, no. Of, of course you do so it's it's really cool that you guys were able to do this yep. and and just and get together but i mean do you think that having obviously john being a huge a huge part of the band mm -hmm. a huge creative vision i mean do you think the two of you in the room being like hey make maybe you should sing that again or maybe you should try it like that i mean that probably probably made a big difference in in the overall vocals cuz i think you sound amazing on this record oh well thank you i thank you uh, uh yes i'm going to say yes and no Shane, because I'm my own worst critic. I don't know how you are when you're in the studio and when you're singing your tracks, but I got to imagine that you're the same way any vocalist is. Um, but you know, with me, uh, you know, when I was, whenever I've done like, cause I did that with, with images and words, it was basically myself, Doug Oberkirker, who was the engineer at the time. And then, uh, Doug Prater was the, uh, was the producer and he'd come in periodically, but basically 
It was myself and the engineers singing on that album. It was myself and the engineers singing for the Awake album. Yeah. And then when we got into like falling into infinity and uh, scenes and I think the uh, train of thought, then the other guys would be there like Mike and John, they'd be coming in and out and they'd be listening to me singing and all that stuff. So we were trying something new. But to be honest with you, I mean, I know at the end of the day when I sing something that it's got to be freaking amazing before I'm going to let it go. I think right. that being said, then the other part of it is, yes, I think what was really cool with this, with this, uh, uh, doing, uh, the, the latest album and the whole process was that J uh, John and I were able to sit down. He would have his acoustic guitar and I'd say, okay, here's the melodies I have for this, uh, uh song. Here's the lyrics I have. <clears throat> and then, uh, we go back and forth and he'd be playing his, his acoustic and I'd be singing it. You know, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. So we could make any tweaks right then and there. Whereas in the past, if I'd be in the studio with Rich, that we'd also, we would have pretty much had it already mapped out. And then, I don't, I'm sure this happens with you too, but when I get behind the microphone, even though I've already kind of created the melody, or if it's a melody that John's created or that we put together ourselves uh, together, it's not until you get behind the microphone that you go, wait a minute, that melody did sound great on paper or in my head, yeah. but it doesn't, but it doesn't sing great. And, and then you're, you're altering it right on the, the spur of the moment and you know immediately where you have to go. And I think that that's exciting too, though. And, and we were doing that. I'd be in there with the melodies that we created and I'd be like, no, John, eh -eh. you know that I, th I thought it was going to work. And he'd go, yeah, you're right. So let's, let's just like, change it up boom 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 right on the moment right on the spur of the moment and it always comes out great like i mean ultimately it's gonna be something that you know it has to be just as strong but uh yeah so there's like yes and no i love i love the fact that we did this but i also know that i also like even when i i'm doing all my uh like this latest solo album that i did you know it was it was actually myself and uh my son chance yeah um who i i, I believe you know also he's in that band false all set of course and he he was my engineer and he so he recorded which was really cool because he uh he's been listening to me since he was a toddler so he was kind of <laughs> like hey dad no i want to hear this of you i want to hear this from you i want to you know and, and it was really cool yeah your son's producing you that's so that's so cool yeah yeah it was very very cool i love that it's come full circle yeah yeah another thing too is i i found you were using a lot more of kind of your mid-range voice yep. on this record and you weren't going yeah, absolutely. You know, like super, super high. And I wondered if that was a conscious thing. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. You're, you're, are you 58 now? I mean, I don't know if you lose a semitone or two, but it, but you sound great in that register, like as strong as you've sounded in years. So. Right. Well, thank you. Um, yes, I, I think, uh, you know, when John and I were writing the melodies, we just said, you know, there's no reason for me to be going up into the stratosphere. Now, that being said, on my solo album, <laughs> I am doing that. I am doing that. Like, so, but, uh, yeah, I'm singing pretty damn high at times. But with this, I think, you know what? It, it came down to, like, I remember when I was mapping out the melodies and that, and then John uh, Petrucci was down at his house, and, and we were, you know, connecting with the melodies. And I remember, uh, I just said to him, I go, look at, you know, these melodies have to be strong. If, if for whatever reason they're going to go up and I'm going to be singing, you know, a B or a C, uh, then so be it, right? Um, but if, if it, if not, and I'm in the G and the A 
uh, area of notes. Yeah. And in that range, hey, ultimately, it's just, it, it's got to sound good. So if it's a strong melody and it's sitting in a sweet spot of my voice, then that should translate everything that needs to be conveyed, you know, vocally. And I think um, that's where we were coming from. It was just like, because, you know, when we go out on tour, Shane, I mean, I'm going to be singing songs from our catalog where I'm going to be singing pretty flipping high. So the voice <laughs> is still there. Yeah, it's good. The voice is still there for me to sing high. I think that it just came down to, it was a matter of, what makes sense for these songs? Because in distance over time, I was singing pretty high here and there as well. But with this album, it was just kind of like the songs just lent themselves to being more in the mid range, as you put it. And and I think it it, it came out freaking awesome because of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 my favorite record you've done in uh, a long time. I, I'm congratulations on it. So, oh, thank you. Uh, I love to hear it. And um, let's talk about the solo record, "Beautiful Shade of Gray." Right on. Um, just announced, just very recently. Yeah, coming out pretty soon. Right. Uh, did you work on this over uh, the quarantine as well? Okay, so this this is funny. This is serendipity at its best. So you know how you said. Uh, our last show was Glasgow. Yeah. February 23rd. Well, so the guy that I wrote my latest solo album with, his name is Paul Logue, and he uh, also is in a band called Eden's Curse. Yeah. And him and I, I, I sang on one of their albums. I did a, a song duet with their singer called Holy Man. And that was back in 2010. And, he, and I really love um, Paul's approach to writing to me it's like uh classic rock to me and i remember saying to him a, a while back this would have been like seven years ago and i said you know well he came up to me he said hey man i'd love to work with you and, and write some songs i said absolutely you know like, like let's when we can find the time let's do so so i performed in glasgow i'm in the airport on february 24th waiting to fly home and guess who walks by? Paul Logue. And he's like, hey, James, James, how you doing? I go, what the hell, man? I said, we were just playing here. He goes, I was at the show. He goes, I was emailing you. I said, oh, my God, you got my old email. Bum, bum, bum. So then yeah. we talk. We talk. And I said, let's. Uh, he goes, hey, man, uh, if, if everything comes shutting down, because, you know, people were already talking about it. He said, do you want to get together and write? I said, yeah. So actually... The world shut down, what, March 15th of 2020? Yep. And then we started writing, uh, like, at the following week. We started putting together ideas. And uh, and it was great. And I, and I remember saying to him, I said, I want it to be uh, more kind of like Zeppelin-esque, this album, um, with a lot of acoustic overtones going on, but at the same time, a full ensemble. And um, so, yeah, we wrote... Uh, nine songs and um, it came out great. It, it's just, it's really cool. I can't really talk about it too much yet because the label wants me to freaking uh, hold <laughs> off on that sure. until we, uh, but you know what, Shane, it would be great for like once you've heard the album and then we can do this again and, uh, and get right into the thick of it because at that point you'll be in a, a much more advantageous uh, position. Sure. I'll have you on. I'll have you on even just for 20 minutes. We'll, we'll chat about it real quick, but yeah, uh, it is cool though. I heard, I heard that your son chance is playing drums on it. He, uh, he was more than that actually, you know, so Paul and I uh, wrote the songs and uh, when chance came in, like we asked him, you know, Hey, you want to play the drums? And he goes, and he did a fantastic freaking job. He sounds great. But at the same time, he was also involved in 
uh, a lot of the arrangements because he's like, which is cool because his band falsetto. I'm, I know you've heard them. Of course, they're a great band. They're a great band, and and I just love their arrangements, their songs, and that. So he was coming from. I ha- all of a sudden I had this young dude in my band, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, you know, what do you guys think about doing this and that?" And it was keeping it really contemporary, but. You know what I mean? So uh, touching upon like widening that audience, but at the same time, we were able to maintain my identity as, as who and what I am. And uh, so it was, it was very cool to have him on board. And then, you know, we had Christian Polkinen uh, from Finland, who's an amazing keyboard piano player. And then Marcus Foley, uh, who I've had on my previous solo albums is, was the lead guitar player. And then Paul Logue, he did all the, uh, all the rhythm guitars, 12 string, six string bass, all that stuff. So it just came together and it was really cool and uh, had a lot of fun doing it. I can't wait for everybody to hear this because the label's pretty psyched about it. And uh, and I'm really happy where it came. Like the lyrics that I wrote for this album, the the melodies, everything. It just, it's really powerful. So yeah. where do you get your inspiration for lyrics these days? I mean, you know, obviously you're, you're living up in, uh, well, I wouldn't call it Northern Ontario. Not quite, but I know you're up in like Midland, Midland area. Yeah. You know, you're a family man. Uh-huh. You know, um, it seeming seems like you just have really a great way to paint a picture with your lyrics, uh, whether it's your solo stuff, whether it's Dream Theater. Right. Like this, where does this come from? Does this come from stuff you read? Do you watch? Um, you, you, do you do your kind of your own writing? It's It really is impressive. And I don't know how often any, anyone asks you this question because, you know, some of the stuff is so highly conceptual um, and some of it's not. It's, it's really quite fascinating. And I really want to know how you... Like, what do you do? Do you, what do you, what's the first thing you do when it's like, all right, it's lyric time? Uh, so a lot of my lyrics I draw from, from my experiences as, as a human being, as, a, you know, my relationships or observation. I think observation is one of the greatest tools for any lyricist or any poet or any author or whatever. Um, so to me, like, I'm very, very observant of what's going on around me. Even if I'm like together with friends and I'm listening to the conversation, I see how people, interact i see how they react um and it, and i find it fascinating and and that in itself creates a lot of lyrics for me i also get a lot of my inspiration from books that i read so um you know like uh right now i'm reading childhood from uh, leo tolstoy and uh it, it, he's just a phenomenal author like he he wrote war and peace and uh and and i think that that's also Something that um, uh, the other one is Amor Tells is another author where I read this book, uh, Gentleman in Moscow. And um, so I'm, I'm always reading and I, I do get a lot of inspiration from that. If a book, uh, you know, happens to um, happens to inspire me, you know, just to to write something from that documentaries. Uh, yeah, documentaries do, do a lot for me. Um, and, um, and, and even a movie, if I see a movie and I go, oh my God, that's, that's really cool. What, uh, the, the whole relationship, you know, between the protagonist and, and so on throughout the movie that, that sometimes also inspires me lyrically. So there's many, you know, and then obviously all of us are inundated with the political and social issues of the world. And that, that's, that's a lot of inspiration as well. Yeah, absolutely. No shortage of that right now. Um, mm-hmm. Well, one one cool thing is, you know, uh, well, it's not cool that your tour had to get rescheduled, um, but it is cool that your son's band, Falset, is going to be opening for you. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Uh, have you have you had that? Have you been on the road with your with your son before? 
he's been on the road with us. He's been on the road with Dream Theater for sure. Uh, I've never. Are you talking about them as a band? Are they not opening up for you as a band? Yeah, they are. They are. So, so this is. Yeah, this is going to be. This is going to be really freaking surreal. You know, because you know it, it, they're going to go on before us, and I'm going to be standing on the side stage, and I'm going to be watching my son, and and uh, and you know, like they're psyched. They're they're so flipping excited about it, and um, and I, I just I just think it's going to be a, a very strange feeling it's going to be i'm going to be proud and at the same time it's going to be like you know okay man kick ass guys get out there freaking kick ass because like they've <laughs> even they've even said you know they they've already said to me like the, the guys in the band like, okay you have a trip there fans are brutal you know they're freaking <laughs> critical and i go it doesn't matter guys i said you know what you get out there you do your thing i said you're out there to sell yourself don't worry about what Somebody's gonna think if they're gonna hey if they're gonna tear you up they're gonna tear you up so what and I said but you know what I don't see that happening I see you guys going on stage and freaking kicking ass I mean I, I gave them a great example and I love this band and I'm sure uh, I'm gonna assume that you do too but I remember back in 2000 we had Big Wreck uh, oh, yeah. with us oh yeah and those guys. I freaking love that band. I, I love their latest uh, EP, uh, 7.1. Oh, my God. They're freaking, I, I love that album. And um, anyways, so I remember those guys going out in front of us. And, like, they're not like three, they're, especially back then. They've become more of a progressive-type kind of band right. uh, as, the years have gone, as the years have gone on. But back then, no, they weren't. They weren't. They were pretty, you know, like straightforward uh, really cool rock, and um, and and that's the way they were. And yeah, and I remember even like Ian Thornberry coming up, and going, "Man, your fans are brutal. Like they, you know, <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be hard for us." And I said, "Ian, you, you, first of all, you're, you're a freaking amazing musician. You're a great singer. He's a hell of a guitar player too. Oh my god, can that guy ever fucking play guitar? And uh, actually, him and John, uh, they jammed a couple times together while they were out on that tour." It was really cool to see them do that. Like yeah. backstage, they yeah. they just get together and and jam and and yeah. John Petrucci told me, like, man, that guy's a great guitar player, you know. Um, but so the same thing applies to falsette. Like I just said, go out there, have a freaking great time, freaking kick ass. And I said, you guys are going to do great. Your songs are great. They're powerful. You guys are young. You all look good. You freaking get on stage. You guys all play your instruments amazing. Just get up there and freaking do it. Just do it. Didn't you just play uh, History a couple nights ago? Yeah, we were just there. Yeah, on, on Sunday night. Yeah. Oh, beautiful venue. Beautiful venue. That's a freaking amazing venue. Yeah. So, so how was it? Like, is it a is it a cool uh, acoustically to, to play in? And it's it's great, man. Um, every everything about it is is super well designed. Like everything from just the load in where the dressing rooms are. Yeah. The like where the, they have like a VIP box in the balcony that's like right by the dressing room. Like that's a smart thing to, to do. Um, right on. Huge stage. Uh, I'd say the only, the only flaw, if there is one stage is a little shallow. Oh, um, okay. But I'm sure they're going to, they're probably going to make it deeper. Yeah. They're probably going to add, add a, uh, you know, four or eight feet onto it. Uh, but it's super wide. Right on. It sounds amazing. It sounds amazing in there, you know, with, um, with virtual sound checks, you know, I can I can go out and like basically listen to my own band, which is pretty cool because you never used to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't believe how good that room sounded. Right on, right on. So wait a minute. So Shane, uh, do you do you guys go? Is it Silverstein or Silverstein? We say Silverstein. Yeah, 
stand. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> unless, unless you guys are, like, hailing from, from Germany, oh. you know? Oh, well, that's the thing. If if we're in Germany, we're just, they call us Silverstein, and that's fine. That's right. They, like, we, we don't correct them over there. <laughs> that's totally fine. No, because they're going to tell you, no, you're you're mispronouncing that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the old German the old German review that I call it, you know? Oh, yeah. When they say, yeah. um, um, oh, um, uh, James, uh, you're short tonight. Uh, pretty good. Uh, last time, much better. You get fat? You uh, Too much beer or what? Why you, go, why you get fat? <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> That's funny. That's funny stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a great place to tour. Great place oh, to tour. Oh, Amazing. Yeah. One of my one of my favorites. I, I love I love the Germans. So so yeah, you're so you're heading out. You're heading out on this this uh, big tour. Uh, it's gonna yeah. be you know uh, kind of dusting off the pipes a little bit, getting back on the saddle. Um, that yeah, must be, that's gonna feel a little different, right? After yeah, kind of sitting around for so long. Well, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and uh, I. I sang a lot on my time off and you want to know one of the things that I, that I did and I, and I was always, I was debating it before I signed on, but I thought, you know what, this is going to keep me uh, tapped into my fans. It's going it, to, it'll, it'll force me to, to want to sing and, and sing freaking soaringly, you know? Um, and I, and I joined Cameo. Yeah. And so, the fans, they, they send me stuff. They, they ask me to sing, whether it's happy birthday or can you sing a bit of freaking uh, walk beside you? Can you sing a bit of learning to live? Can you sing a bit of, and it was cool because, because I was doing that, I was actually, you know, I'd, I'd warm up and, and do stuff and then just go and sing the stuff, whatever it was that they were asking of me. And I, I remember saying to my wife, I go, you know what? There's a kind of a cool thing about this is that every week, I am singing two, three, four times a week. And, and besides that, I, I do warm ups anyways, just to kind of keep, uh, you know, as you say, you got to keep the chords freaking yeah, loose. Yeah. And, um, and now I'm going through what's going to be our set list. And I've been going through that and singing through that. And I feel great. And I think it's because of that is that I, it's like a muscle, right, Shane? So if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. But for me, for the last two years, I have been using it and I did the solo album and I've been singing on other artists stuff. Um, you know, yeah, I'm doing stuff like that. So, I mean, that, that's, that's also been keeping me in shape. And so I know that I've talked to some singers out there and they're like, Oh my God, I started, you know, getting wrapping my head around singing again and, man, am I ever out of shape? And I'm like, dude, you know, it's, it can go so easy if you don't keep up with it. You have to, you have to keep singing. Yeah. I found, I found, you know, the, the break was nice for me. Like I found that studio sessions and stuff were a little bit easier. Right. Kind of like, you know, you're not coming off a tour where you're right. just kind of, you know how it is on tour. Oh yeah. Every singer does. But I will say, man, when you get back out there, you guys got to be careful. Uh, people's immune systems are not what they were. No. Uh, you know, and I'm not just talking about COVID. I mean, even just like a cold. Yeah. That spreads around so fast. It's, you know. Oh, man. Because we've been, you know, before we went on tour, I'd never, I hadn't had a sniffle, you know, in, in 20 months. Right. And then the, the third day, I'm like, what is this? I have, like, I have a cold already. So be careful. Be careful. Yeah. And, and, and you, ha you have to be a singer to realize, to realize all that we're up against. And I'm not saying, oh, poor us, poor us. No, we, we chose, we chose our vocation and we're, <laughs> you know, and we're strong, but you have to be, you have to have skin like a freaking reptilian when you're a singer, because 
you you got a lot to deal with out there. And like you're saying, like if you get sick when you're on the road and you're a singer, that's bullshit. That's just bad, bad shit yeah. to begin with. Because now you're doing however long your set is, and we usually play anywhere from two to three hours a night. Yep. And I mean, you know, if you're feeling like crap, and then you got to go up there and sing and do calisthenics, come on. You know, but I think, you know, the, the thing is, is like, I agree with you. I, and I've heard that from other people is that they are getting out there and they're like, holy shit. Like I've gotten sick before in the road, but this really knocked the hell out of me. And I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, there's something different about it. I'm like, oh my God. Yep. You know, yep. first of all, we got to, we got to worry that we, none of us get COVID while we're out on tour. And then we got to worry about just getting freaking some kind of a bug besides that. It's true. So it's, it's, true. it's, it's, uh, it's a big, well, it's a big hurdle, but I guess we got to do it. We got to do gonna it. It's gonna feel so good, man, getting back on stage too. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm sure. I uh, and having your son there, that's just that's such a beautiful thing. I really love that, James. That's so cool. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. Thank Sweet. you. Right on. Well, hey, um, I guess I'll let you go, man. If there's anything to add, I guess. Uh, once again, congrats on the Grammy nomination. Are you planning on attending? Is that a thing? <laughs> Uh, I believe is it the Grammys are January thirty first. Am I right? I, I'm not sure the date, but I just don't know if they're having like the big ceremony or if it's still going to be. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. Like usually it's in February. I do know that that it's usually in February, but we're going to be on tour, right, uh, Shane? So there's no there's no way that we're going to be uh, able to go to the actual event if if they are having it at the uh, what is that? It's at the freaking um, I don't know the big arena. Have. Oh, uh, Staple Center. Staple, you got it. You got it. Staple Center. So, um, I don't know if they're going to do. I, I have a feeling they are. I, I have a feeling that they are going to do the big show and the big hurrah this year, um, unlike last year. So, uh, but either way, no, we're not going to be able to attend because we're going to be on this North American tour. Right. Well, hopefully, you'll be accepting your award. You know, from uh, re remotely and uh, yeah, from backstage. Yeah. There you go. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That'd be cool. I love it. Well, yes, the new uh, Dream Theater record of you from the top of the world is out now. Tremendous record. Go check it out. Uh, James, anything else to tell the people before I let you go? Uh, hey, I, I hope to see them out on this tour. Like We're starting February 2nd in Phoenix. And, uh, you know, we want to see our fans. We want to get out there. We want to celebrate the music and just have a freaking epic evening together. So hope to see you all. Yeah. I love it. And I'll play a tune for the people right now. Here it is. The Grammy nominated The Alien on Lead Singer Syndrome.
There it is. New music from Dream Theater. The Alien. Grammy nominated. All nine and a half minutes of it. What a glorious track. And this new record from Dream Theater is something special. A view from the top of the world. It's out now. And it really does feel like a throwback to their old stuff while still being modern and and feeling really contemporary. So I absolutely love this record. Talking to James is always such a treat. I want to thank him so much and his publicist, Kevin, for making it happen. And we're going to have a new solo record too. Beautiful Shade of Grey from James Labrie, which will be coming out, I believe, in May. So keep your ear to the ground for that one as well. So... Lots and lots of great stuff. Thank you so much again for being here, for tuning in, for listening, for supporting me. Check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club and go back and listen to the other almost 300 episodes that I have out. There is definitely something for everyone. Next week, I'll be back with another episode. Jamie Morgan of Code Orange will be on the program This was a great conversation. I've just recorded it. He's awesome. You talk about an honest guy. Wow. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be great. Remember, if you want to get in touch, you can send me an email, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read them all. Make sure you follow the show at leadsingersyndrome. Make sure you follow me on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash Shantold. And remember, December 22nd, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Mike Howell and I will be counting down our top 10 album lists of the year live. So that'll be very, very exciting. That's it. That's the show. Thank you so much for listening. Peace and love. See you next week.